on the show this week, a post-podcast update, what we've been up to, the games we've been playing, and special segments, magic items and 20th level play. Welcome to We Speak Common. Welcome back. Benjamin, Joseph. how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I am very good. Very good. Glad to be back in the chair. <laughs> Finally. it's been, In real time, it's been quite a while. It has. We do these in, in bulk. Yeah. So um, we have officially now launched We Speak Common. Uh, it is out there. It's in the world. Uh, the first four episodes were all pre-recorded over the, the space of however many weeks to just get us a, a decent amount on there so that we could be accepted by different platforms. Mm. Luckily, uh, as of time recording, we have been accepted by uh, pretty much every major podcasting platform. Excellent. So we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, um, Overcast, uh, Pocket Cast, another one, another one, another one, loads of them. Um, we host on Anchor. So basically, uh, if you are listening to us at the moment on a podcasting app that is not one of your choice, you'll just listen to us because we've posted the link everywhere which we have done we have indeed um then firstly thank you but also if you head over to the anchor homepage for the podcast there is a uh button that says something like where else can i listen or something like that and that will give you a full breakdown with links to the um the home pages it is out there in the world now i mean surprisingly no sponsorships rolled in just yet <laughs> i'm sure they they're struggling to contact us something like that on that note though they don't have our email ben maybe you could tell yeah, them you our can email. now contact us so we are uh, we are contactable via uh, twitter we have a twitter account we it's, do it's at we speak common uh, if you listen to the very 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 end of the podcast that we do tell you um well done if you made it um but yeah at we speak common we've got like seven followers so come and be our friends please you <laughs> Can contact us there but if not the other place is we speak common at hotmail.com.com correct okay i got it right uh, yes hotmail still exists um and we still use it we st- i yeah. yeah i may or may not have tried gmail it may have been taken so. <laughs> someone out there be used to it so if you do have any questions uh, any i don't know topics you want us to talk about or if you just want to tell us how terrible we are at doing this that is all fine we speak common at, G- at hotmail.com. We thrive off negative criticism. Yeah. Uh, well, some of mm, us do. Yeah, well, yes. But yeah, so just drop us a, drop us a line. And uh, what we will do is we're going to record episodes uh, in uh, chunks. So we'll do two episodes at a time. Um, so we'll do an episode today. We'll do another episode today. And then the next one after that will be the, the up-to-date one. So if you do get in contact with us, if we get enough uh, questions, we'll do a little Q&A session. But it will take a little bit of time to mm-hmm. get us. We promise we will get to it eventually. Yeah, much like the way we play our D&D. Correct. This is just a garbage truck on fire of a show. <laughs> Slowly I think rolling we're doing down. all right. No, I think we're doing okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're it's putting fine. out the flames. Mm. Okay, so... I think that's everything, isn't it? I believe so. Okay, so I'm I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because uh, this topic today, these two topics today were your choice. Mm. So um, off off you go. Off lead we us go. In. I mean, before we get into the, the big topics, uh, I think we should just talk about our games a little bit, how they've been going. Uh, <laughs> oh, are we doing that? Events one? that have happened <laughs> okay. in okay. our Dungeons and Dragons imaginary worlds. Yeah. Do so, you want to? Yeah, I'll kick off. I'll kick off. So I've DM'd a little bit. Uh, 
You've DM'd more than me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I've done three or four sessions since the last time we spoke um, on the show, and things have been going pretty well. Uh, the party. I was. I was actually shocked at how much the party uncovered of my plans. Normally. I'd say on average they uncover like thirty to forty percent of what I've actually prepped. But right. In, okay. the, in the last couple of sessions, they've had like eighty, ninety percent of everything. And I, every time they ask a question now, they dig a little bit deep. I'm like, oh, I'm just so proud of you guys. Do you want? Do you want to hear it from my point of view then? Yes. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> every time I sit down for your game, I'm like, right, okay, uh, I know what I'm going to do. I know where I'm going to go. It's going to be fine. And then something happens, and it just. I think my character is slowly losing his mind. Well, he's so unsure about everything now. Mm, You've thrown some curveballs at him. Well, what I've been trying to do with my kind of encounter building and just scenarios that I've set up is I want... I will generally make an encounter way ahead of time now Mm. and just let it simmer for a little while in my mind and in my notes. And... I'll come back to it every now and again and just look at it and try and just tweak it a little bit. I I found that I really don't like DMing combat, or at least that's what I thought, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't like DMing boring combat now, Okay, is what I've realised. So I've been trying to experiment with making a few of my own custom stat blocks, things like that, and just adding like a an outside pressure or element uh, to a scenario, whether it be like the terrain, something's happening, there's mm. a, a time constraint on it, or any, anything along them lines. Um, like you guys for a, a troll, but every time you hit him, he, he hurt you yeah. as well, you know, spewing poison and acid and what have you. So there was like a, a little bit of a, a dichotomy of decision of, of what to do there, how to handle that situation, which you guys figured out. Yeah, so I've just been kind of experimenting with trying to make things just a little bit you know deeper than just surface level yeah. hitting things with swords and such so that's been going pretty well I'm quite pleased you guys have been following the path laid out for you I was worried <laughs> you were just going to run away just completely go a different way well the thing is where we are now as well it's so different to where I thought we were going to be mm-hmm. it's not exactly like it, it's honestly the complete opposite of where, where I thought we were going interesting so, where did you think it was going to I thought we go? were going to go to some other town uh, so we escaped the city that was being sieged and we, we uh, vinis- visited this like monastery and uh, and we set off and I thought we were going to just get to another homestead kind of thing and we've we've ended up in this weird temple to a god that I know nothing about well what I wanted to do for this kind of second arc mm-hmm. of, of uh, the game is just really take the the players and the characters to a completely different land a different culture like mm-hmm. a completely different way of life and my problem was I didn't want to diminish the journey like I wanted the distance you had to travel to be substantial mm. and I wanted it to be a, a trek and difficult but oftentimes travelling in D&D is just boring or it's just random <laughs> encounter ra- yes random encounter oh more trolls I struggle trolls, with that a lot it's more orcs how do you put an encounter in so I've been time? this is why in the kind of the long bra- uh, breaks between sessions I've been really thinking about we're taking like a random encounter but making it less random and really rooted in the world mm-hmm. um, so we, each creature or thing you encounter there is a lot of lore and depth to it so there's always interesting stuff to look at on this this journey and the journey itself is enjoyable it's not just about the destination yeah I've also kind of been keeping the destination a little bit nebulous just so 
you know you don't you don't exactly know uh, where you're going, what's going on, etc. I like to keep the players in a ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But so that's what's been going on in my game. Uh, what's been going on in in your game, Ben? Not a whole lot. Um, we've had a couple of weeks off of mine, uh, just due to there. There's a an extra player in my game that uh, compared to yours that means our scheduling is a little bit more difficult. So we've had a few few uh, weeks off. The last session we did was a biggie. Oh my gosh. I've just realised why you wanted to talk about this. So You murdered him then. I didn't know. Okay, right. So you my murdered our group had young Galahad. Our poor, poor uh, sorceress, she uh, had a, a message from um, a flesh golem that her grandfather, her old mentor, had passed away and the family were gra- ga- uh, gathering for the funeral. And so you had to take the long trip to her hometown i mean you didn't have to you chose to um before which your character galahad had a lovely very touching moment um returning a a sword to a a body a man that he'd killed yeah um that you didn't have to do but you did and it was lovely and it was proper role playy and just really nice and i realized how attached it yeah i rewarded it i I realized how attached you are no to galahad it gave you inspiration i thought it was amazing anyway so you descended um onto this town uh, you went to the funeral there was a will reading and um, your friendly party member uh, had to retrieve an item with which she is sworn to protect through her flam- family bloodline you've not been told much about it she didn't want to share much uh, which meant going into these crypts which were uh, warded and protected but it also happened that there was a creature down there um, that I now no, you know what? I don't regret putting it down there. I, don't, I really don't. I really don't. I don't. I don't regret anything. So there was a there was a mind flayer, um, an illithid, down in the uh, dungeon, and there's uh, reasons for him being there. You didn't quite get the conversations going, but that meant that there were also uh, these small little intellect devourers, CR two creatures, deceptively low CR for what they very can low do. hit points. Um, and uh, if you don't know, illithids use them to uh, take over other creatures um, or use them to, to feed, basically. Um, so that's why they were down there. And the party encountered them, and they have this ability to take over mm. uh, the PCs by uh, dropping their intelligence to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a save or die kind of thing. And then they have the ability to teleport themselves, their brains with legs, into the players' bodies. Hmm. Uh, completely removing the player's brains. From my point of view, I, I saw this creature and young Galhad, the brave, yep. uh, came charging in with his, uh, you know, two strong attacks. I, I uh, queued up a, a thunderous smite as well, you know, to really yep. make sure I dealt with this creature. You thought it was going to happen. I then rolled a one. Yep. Uh, so that was a that was a wash. But I thought, yep. aha, I have a second attack. Yep. Then I rolled a four. Yeah, that, that was also a wash. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't didn't quite hit. Then I had a saving throw to make, an intelligence <laughs> saving throw. Now, now Galahad has an average ten intelligence, but he's a paladin, so he has like another plus four to his save as well mm-hmm. from charisma. And uh, he failed that as well. Um, <laughs> and my intelligence dropped. So your intelligence dropped to zero. So you're basically a uh, a shop mannequin at that point. Yes, and I am an inanimate object. And uh, it happened to another party member. And I said, look, don't worry. There is a way to get your intelligence back. You're out of character. I said, look, there is a chance. Don't worry. And then the, uh, the creature did what it had to do. 
which was its 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 ability to take well, over the first a one mind. the first one that the player the other the other guys managed to destroy yeah but there was another one lurking mm. and he, yes he, he jumped into my brain and and destroyed your brain destroyed my brain so galahad became a basically an, an enemy a thrall a thrall uh, the guys knocked you out and restrained me restrained you tied you up um and the Illithid was communicating telepathically with another party member um, due to some of his background and uh, said, I can I can help, I can fix that for you. Mm. Um, which you did, you found him, and he basically gave you your ability to think for yourself back while you had this, this brain monster in your head. Um, but unfortunately, power corrupts. He found out why you were down there and um, wanted to devour the brain of a very, very powerful wizard, which happens to be our other party member's recently deceased grandfather. And uh, having being a starved Illithid who hasn't eaten for a long time, couldn't help himself, and uh, combat ensued. Mm. He. I had a moment of, of free will. There was a sure. moment where you, where you could have killed him could have but there was a force wall in, involved unfortunately he was not just an illithid he had magic yes mm-hmm. so he so, uh, wall of forced you and, and teleported the hell out of there and that insect devour jumped out of your brain well Galahad knowing that he didn't want to oh yeah I forget kill you, his, you forced uh, him out he, Galahad did not want to fight his own party members mm. so in the, a moment of free will he had he decided to uh, cast protection from good and evil on himself Which purging the creature, the creature out, yeah. and killed myself as well yeah so when you're if you're a body without a brain you have uh, a round before you completely die yes and uh, so I'm not sure what's uh, what's next for well what, here's the thing in about three hours we're going to find out we will so find out what's going we're, on we're joining the game with a with a dead Galahad on the floor um, and that's about it and one of the members of the party wasn't even present in the game so that recap's going to be fun for them I haven't rolled a new character I'm holding up for a hero there is a chance there is a chance there is a chance so that's what's been happening in our game so if you sense any any um, tension (laughs) that's why Jay's not very happy with me oh dear well (laughs) moving on to brighter patches happier times Uh, our first sort of segment of the week uh, we kind of did a little monster of the week in our first episode I think it was yes Um, so a little bit of a new spin on that we're going to do a uh, magic item magic item of the week yes I love magic items Uh, so Ben, uh, you can go first this time. What is your magic item? And this can be, you know, one you really like putting in your games or one you just want to try. You know, one that just yeah. strikes your fancy. So I did think about going for things like the um, the deck of many things. Like a very infamous magic item. And I thought, no, that's been done so many times. And I thought about talking about, you know, certain spell scrolls or like certain items that you don't see often but i went for something that i think is probably hasn't propped up in many games because it's quite just a just just a standard item really uh it's a very rare it requires achievement and it is the animated shield so the animated shield is a shield believe it or not that gives you the standard uh benefits of a shield so plus two to your ac um and that's kind of it but you don't have to hold it. So you attune to this item, you say the command word or click your fingers or whatever, and it floats in front of you and protects you from attacks as if any normal shield would, but you have both hands free. And I'm not usually the type of person who plays like the knight or the paladin or the cleric who has a shield and mace or whatever. I'm usually like a, a, 
a wizard let's be honest i've said it before i'm usually a wizard or like i'm a, I'm a druid or or something like that something a little bit not walk up to you and smash you in the face with a sword thing um so the idea of having and i have had it before in a game a wizard who usually can't use shields be able to use one because it's a magic item mm-hmm. uh, is really quite nice you pop up the shield, you get an extra boost to AC, especially if you're a squishy wizard, and you get both hands for casting. Well, I really love magic items that, when you imagine them in use, yeah. they really change a scene and make it thematic. And I can just think of so many cool possibilities with an animated shield like that. I always think of, like, you know, Spartans in their, you know, their shield wall. and mm. But... If the shield can float and it's whirling around you, blocking blows, and you say this frees you up, say you're a dual wielder now, you have like two rapiers or two short swords or whatever, you're a, uh, I don't know, a monk rogue or, or something or whatever, <laughs> and um, and now you're just you're whirling around and arrows are coming in, but the shield's deflecting all the arrows and blows, and perhaps the shield is using its movement and momentum to to bash. Uh, the enemy's guard out of the way so you can yeah. get a strike in it just looks very cool when you like I yeah. think if it'd be the onus be on the player when they have this item to really describe it in action yeah and I quite like the idea of being a wizard who runs and ducks to cover and like hides behind a, a, like a boulder or something and then pops a fireball over the top or something mm-hmm. um, and having a, a, a moving cover with you it's cool. It's quite cool. I mean, I imagine like the the holding the shield up and like someone's in front of it and you're running to protect them, kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's the thing I imagine. The only downside to the shield is it only lasts a minute. <laughs> so it lasts a minute up until which is ten rounds, but up up until the minute, or if you use whatever words. So to is, stop it, is, from is it a like a physical item, like a shield that you hold, and then when you activate it, it, becomes, so that, it floats. And... That is up to interpretation of the DM that grants the item. So I've seen things where it's an actual shield, and it, you can like you have it on your back, and then you say the word, and it floats up off your back. That's how I've had it. But in the actual DMG, there is a image of it, and it looks like a uh, a small central crest. There's like a metal disc, and then the shield comes out like a force field mm-hmm. around it, and just forms the shape of a so shield. I, I really like it being like a physical shield. Like so, the wizard, yeah. the wizard could be in robes and that, but he just carries this random shield. There's a shield on his, on his back, back yeah. for some reason. It's like, why have you got that? Yeah, and then yeah. it just floats off when you know when needed. I think that's, that's how I've always pictured it. That's a cool one. That's so it's cool pretty one. simple, but in my mind, that's just a, like as a wizard that's sniping spells across. That's quite a yeah, cool thing just, to have just like lobbing grenades over the top literally very cool very what's cool. yours well Ben I will admit I am very on brand this week okay um, sort of leading on from my uh, discussion of paladins uh, <laughs> <laughs> a few a few podcasts ago my item is the holy avenger the the piece de resistance <laughs> the, the, the sword to to swipe all other swords it is it's a paladin's wet dream it is absolutely that's a bit crude sorry <laughs> paladins they yearn for this thing ben. yeah, yeah. It, they want nothing more than to hold it uh, now a holy avenger it's uh what it does it's a plus three sword it's you know it's a legendary weapon very high level like sort of 16 plus really yeah um, Endgame. Yeah. Um, so when you hit Fiend or Undead with it, which is mostly what Paladins tend to 
to get into bouts with. Uh, takes an extra 2d10 radiant damage, which is great. He's um, sort of kind of like an extra smite on top of your smites, right? Yeah. And what's cool is when you hold the sword, it creates a 10-foot uh, radius aura around you, and all you and your friendly creatures inside your, uh, and your party members all have advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. <laughs> now, what's really cool about this is if you have 17 or more levels in Paladin, when all your other auras push out to 30 feet, this yeah. also pushes out to 30 feet. So it's really, really synergizes well with the Paladin. It, it's made for the Paladin. Yeah. So it's, it's super powerful. At that point, a Paladin just will never fail a saving throw. Pretty he, much, he's, yeah. just, he's never going to fail one. But what's great about the Holy Avenger is... It's the thing that all paladins strive for, right? Mm -hmm. And as a DM, I don't think you should ever give out a Holy Avenger as a random drop. Mm -mm. It should never just come up on a, a, a loot table. A, a paladin should have to quest for a Holy Avenger, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. More so than the Holy Avenger, it's, it doesn't even have to be the Holy Avenger, but uh, like... Uh, like uh, Galahad, the paladin I play, right? He has a, a special sword that, yeah. that he's connected to. I think every paladin should have a special sword. Generally, it becomes a holy avenger or is a holy avenger that they they go out into the world, they quest for, they seek for. Maybe it's a a gift from their god, a reward, or something, right? But it's the thing that when you get it, you have become, you know, you are a force to be reckoned with for your mm. chosen religion or god. It is the thing that that defines you and it what i love about this is it you can create an entire campaign around a holy avenger you know what i mean <laughs> if you've got like a level one paladin you could have 40 50 sessions of questing yeah to to finally get and what i love about holy avenger is you can combo it perfectly well if you want to use it as the reward for a, you know the end of a long campaign give it to a death knight a fallen paladin oh now okay. that, that yeah. holy avenger should not be sullied by a death knight's hands and it's up to a paladin to go and get it back now that is i mean there is so much potential for role play there mm. you know i mean how did a death knight get a holy avenger was he good at the time he got it and now is is the sword corrupted itself can it be you know cleansed there are so many things you can do with uh a sword like this and and like i said it could be anything like a staff or a, a short sword or a sim yeah. sorry anything where it's holy avenger is a title it's not it's, it's a the sword. yeah it's more than just there's the, more than one of these the properties of of a uh of the the sword itself right it's what it stands for it's yeah. what it means so i just thought that, that it's a really cool thing to have and you know my love affair of paladins continues so i've got to tell you something now I want to see. I want to know the answer to this. So your 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 paladin Galahad, should he survive this next session, um, he has a special sword. He does have a special. sword. And I'll tell you now, that's not a holy avenger. <laughs> you know, I didn't think. Okay, it was. good. Uh, it, it, it is a sword that will level with him. What happens if Galahad finds a a holy avenger? <laughs> well, does he cast off his family's weapon? Well, here's the thing. Uh, no, he wouldn't. But. That I, would hurt. You know you what I think. You know what I think would be very cool in a scenario like that is like if you had it temporarily. Yeah. Say like there was such a dangerous foe and some divine creature in that bestowed upon 
uh, Paladin, a Holy Avenger, but only until the job was complete. And then they take it and away. And then they would come and take it away. That's quite an interesting idea. Because then you can say, like, you gave a Holy Avenger to, like, a level five character, but for one encounter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he just had this awesome rush of power. It's like a... It's like getting an Infinity Stone in the MCU, you know, <laughs> yeah. just for a moment. Just for a second. But then, then it's, it gets taken away, and it's like, well, maybe you'll get it later on again, mm. you know? Um, something like that. Uh, it reminds me of when, like, uh, in the MCU, like, when Vision used uh, Thor's hammer. Just, yeah. Just for a just moment, for a right? Yeah. Um, so you, you can use it in that way as well. There is, there's a lot of different things you can do with it. And I don't think... Of, I think when you give a magic item to a player, you know, it kind of sucks when if they lose it or it gets taken away. But with this, it... It's so thematic, um, and it's so rooted in connection to a god or a, a religion or a creed that uh, you can do stuff like that, and it, and it makes sense. So yeah, it's, uh, I like that. It's, yeah, I like that. It's a uh, it's a cool thing. So that's magic items. Uh, perhaps you can tell us what ones you like to use in your game and mm. cool little things you've done with them. You know, favorite magic items or the ones you hate the most. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one too. We speak common at hotmail.com. Let us or know. at We Speak Common on Twitter. Please follow us. We've got seven followers. Two of them are us. I promise we'll stop doing that. <laughs> so, uh, the next segment, the the main one this week, uh, I wanted to touch on. This is something you've mentioned before. Yes, yeah. Because I've been thinking about it quite a bit, and that level 20 play, right, it, it just doesn't really happen very much. Most campaigns go to about 10, yeah, and, so let's, and then they stop. Let's just think about this. So, most. Adventures written at, by wizards for fifth edition D and D go to tenth or eleventh level, with the exception of um, the new Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which is I think the first one for fifth edition that goes to level twenty. That's coming out soon. Yeah, I think so. Um, and there is even a, a section in the DMG that talks about high tier play, and it, it I think it even says like it doesn't happen much there well, isn't a lot for it no I get why wizards don't focus on it too much because not many people play that campaign like that. has to go on for a long and time it's, to get there too and it's, it's, I think it's more difficult for a DM to run a, a really good high level campaign like that Like the only one I've ever seen is is like Critical Role right and yeah. it took three years to get there that's yeah. why it, it was it was so good and satisfying but what I want to focus on specifically is the capstones for each character when they get to 20th level. Their last ability that finishes off the, the, the class. Yeah. And it's so weird when I was looking at them, because I never really looked at them in detail before. And it just seems a little bit muddy as to what Wizards was trying to do with them. If they wanted them to be balanced... Mm-hmm. Um, or if they wanted them to be super powerful, and at that point, it, balance doesn't really matter. It's the end of the game. Go, yeah. go crazy. Before we jump into this as well, I want to say like it, a lot of people don't get here mm. over the, the course of the game, but a lot of people, we included, have done one-shots where we've gone, right, let's just make a 17th level character yeah. and, and have some fun with it. And you sit down and you look at all these abilities and go, oh, this is really cool, now I want to do it in a proper game and have a connection to the character. So... Even if you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh, this doesn't really count for me, I'm never going to get there, do a 20th level one-shot. Yeah. What's stopping you? And it, it really makes you want to get to 20 in a, a campaign, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, you get a taste of it. And it's, it's like, a thing about having a taste of it but not having any no. actual connection like to vi- the It's like in a video game where yeah. in the tutorial you have all your abilities and then they get taken away from you. Oh, you spend the rest trope. of the game getting them back yeah. one by one. Yeah. Um, so I want to have a look at them because some of them are really powerful. Some of them are just 
crap. Just yeah, real, there are some really crap. enough ones. So I was thinking, we'll go through it, and I was thinking we could perhaps come up with our own. Uh, I looked online a little bit, stole a few ideas. Uh, okay. Uh, some good ones. Plagiarism, I like it. Well done. So... <laughs> Start off with, say, let's just start off with the monk, right? Okay. Who I think has a really crap 20th level. So what is what is the written 20th level cap? So if we scroll through here, I believe it's when the monk rolls initiative, mm-hmm. right? So a new combat has begun. Uh, if they don't have any key points, they get four. Okay. Right? Which is terrible because... At 20th level, a monk will have 20 key points, right? To get four back. So you get four back. That's you don't gonna, even get a quarter. That's, that's going to last you, like, one round. You flurry of blows, you do a couple stunning strikes, maybe one of ability. You know what I mean? You can burn through them key points. I was thinking something cooler to really... Because I'm I'm erring more on the side of, let's just go crazy and make everyone gods at this point, right? <laughs> okay. At 20th level. I'm thinking what would be more thematically cool is if the monk became so proficient at fighting and so proficient at controlling you know body and mind that they no longer needed to exert this key to to do some of the more basic stuff so i would argue that for a bonus action you can still dodge flurry of blows um disengage and disengage but it doesn't cost you any key points to do so you can just do them for free. You still have to spend the bonus action, but a 20 how, level... How many points does that usually cost? It costs one to do any one of right, those. Right, okay. Right? And so that allows you to focus your key points more on stunning strike and on your more bigger abilities that you get from subclasses that cost maybe like, you know, three or four key points at a time or, or whatever. Yeah. Right? And so it just means that you no longer have to worry about spending those and you're not you're not going to be draining them and when you are draining them it's going to be for your big abilities right you're no longer having to spend them just to do the more basic stuff yeah and I like the idea of a 20th level monk being able to flurry of blows every round that's just their standard attack pattern is four attacks now it's not as powerful as the fighter because they're lower uh you know they're going to be lower damage or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and they're not going to be. You know you you won't have a magic weapon per se um, to boost them up. But I just like that idea of being able to do that all the See, time that, now. That sounds like something that when you look at it on the surface doesn't sound like much. Like okay, disengage, dodge, and all that now doesn't cost you anything. And it's like right, well, great. But when you think about it, mm. flurry bows, four extra attacks each turn for free. Mm. That's it's pretty good and that's strong. Yeah, and it like I said, it frees you up to do the other really cool stuff mm. with your your key points. So I just thought that was that was a cool one. Um, now uh, I was thinking the fighter has already a very powerful one, right? He gets he gets an extra attack, so that bumps his attacks up to four, which is the most in the game. Yep, it's ridiculous four attacks around, and while it's really cool. It's kind of boring, right? Mm -hmm. So, I was thinking... I want to add some ribbon abilities first, which are not necessarily powerful, but just very thematic. Like, I would want it so... The fighter basically becomes Captain America, right? Like, say, he's always under... Once you reach 20th level, you're always under the effects of, say, the jump spell. So you, you always double your jump. You have you. So you basically want him to come like superhuman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're at the abs- absolute peak of human potential, right? Physical fitness. So is you know you can 
you, you're always able to jump and, and climb super well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you get expertise in athletics uh, at 20 if, you know. So these aren't things that are crazy, but just think little things you can add on top to thematically make a difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, how much climbing are you going to do at 20th level? Probably not a lot, you know. You're going to be flying <laughs> yeah, everywhere you've got on flying your dragon. Carpet and you've got, yeah, drag, yeah, you know, but they're, they're just cool okay. things to to have now but what do you do about that attack because you you still want him to have the extra mm. attack you don't want to take that away I was thinking maybe maybe instead of an extra attack you get your fighting style uh, you know you, you get like a two handed or bow. or protection or bow or whatever yeah. there's like an enhancement to that in some way now I, I want to discuss this with you because I don't know what it could be so say I was thinking um just go crazy with it so the great weapon fighting style you get to re-roll ones and twos on your damage die right yeah how about you instead of rolling 2d6 you roll 3d6 right just out of dice yeah and that actually makes it more powerful because you don't get the extra attack but over three attacks you're getting an extra 3d6 instead of the the two yeah you're not getting your damage bonus on top but it, it works out about the same so now you're just doing way more damage each round. It makes crits more cool. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that, maybe. And you still have the re-roll, re-roll See, ones and twos. The thing for me to feel strong in the game mm. is when I'm hitting someone, I like to go, okay, hang on, I need to pick up all of these dice and just drop them all. Mm-hmm. That, for me, is like... That that encompasses being a high level. Mm-hmm. And I was, think- I was thinking um, either that or you just give the fighter... Every fighting style. At a twentieth oh, level, okay. at twentieth level, they have mastered. So they're everything. becoming weapons master. Yeah. So they have the archery. They're more accurate with the bow. They can fight a great weapon. They have protection, so they get a bump to AC of one. How are you going to carry all those weapons, Joe? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who a, a mule follows you? Who knows? I just now. think it's so cool that, like, at that point, he's the master of all weaponry see I like the idea of using that and bringing back an old thing from like AD&D where you could hire people and you can hire yourself an apprentice mm. and they just follow you around and they, they maintain your gear and they carry your gear and you're out there in combat and you're like chuck me a bow well, and well, then this Jimmy the chucks you a bow outside of tw- the 20th level cap itself I definitely think there should be a thematic element and I get why they didn't put it in it was in previous editions like uh, in uh, I think second edition when you got to 10th level as a fighter mm. people would just start flocking to you and be like I want to be your apprentice I want to be your yeah. retainer you yeah. know which is really cool but I get like not every DM wants that in their game that's not how they want the story to go etc but I just think maybe having some suggestions of stuff like that like when a wizard gets to 20th level they should just get a wizard tower or something <laughs> yeah they get one somewhere speaking of wizard okay I was thinking so the wizard at the moment gets um, they get an extra they can pick a third level spell, mm-hmm. which when they they no sorry they pick two third level spells, and when they cast them for the first time, like once a day or once every long rest, it doesn't cost a spell slot. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's that. I th- I can't remember if exactly it ups your um, yeah, and it also those spells don't count as as your known spells. Yeah, anymore. you just know them all the time. So that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty decent, but getting uh, but you're essentially getting two more free level 
level three spells. Yeah. Level three spells sorts, right? And it's the thing with the wizard is if I'm going to play a wizard in a game, which I do often, um, I say to the DM, look, for me to to enjoy, I'd like to have the opportunity to come across spell scrolls and, and other books that I can copy spells over. And in my idea of being a decent wizard and, and playing to a high level is that I am constantly out there collecting new spells. Mm-hmm. And at that point, have I why what what two more spells do I add to my ever yeah. growing arsenal well, that's thing, already so long? The thing that's good about it, right? So like a level twenty wizard is gonna have twenty five spells he can remember at once, right? Yeah. Um so now you have 27 you get an extra two that you can add on there for free that you always know which is good but I'm thinking at 20th level let's just go crazy right now the two abilities I thought of are letting you concentrate on two spells at once okay which is super powerful that's a bit OP pretty OP but I guess it's the point though isn't at it? 20th level I'm just thinking like what could you concentrate on maybe you could because here's the thing if you look at the sorcerer the sorcerer can kind of almost do it with twinning spells like yeah. they can twin haste and they're essentially concentrating on two haste spells at that point yeah um, there are big things you could do I'm thinking of like an illusionist with like uh, you know two uh, different major images going or whatever at once you know and now he's really really manipulating so the problem everything. with that one is that you're not going to be able to think about and prepare for the combinations that your players give you so you're going to be thinking oh yeah we'll just let them concentrate on two spells that's fine but what if they're concentrating on i don't know invisibility and one other how disgustingly i know broken can that become i know this is true i really like the uh the feat that is in uh the matthew mercer book the taldori campaign guide that lets you I think you have to. Be, I think it's eighth level, but it lets you cast a spell and a cantrip on your turn. Mm-hmm. But you cast the cantrip as a bonus action, so it uses your bonus action. But it gives you the ability to do a spell and then pop off a little fireball. I think it's like you can cast two spells. It gets rid of the one spell restriction, yeah. but the second one has to be the level of lower or, yeah, or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. My other thing was you're a wizard, right? Mm-hmm. So. I am. The whole reason you play a wizard over a sorcerer, when the sorcerer will do more damage, has more options they can do in car- in terms of meta magic mm-hmm. and, and sorcery points. The reason you play a wizard is options. Spells. Right? So uh, many. A sorcerer's only ever going to have like 15 spells, right? But a wizard, by 20th level, if you've played like a whole campaign, is basically going to have every spell on, yeah. on the wizard spell list at that yeah. point. And you've got to allow for the ones that you find in the wild as well. Do we just let the wizard memorise like half of them <laughs> do we let do we up the cap to like we just get rid of memorising we just play without pre- the wizard, preparation the wizard spell list is the wizard spell list yeah just, you, he has that's a- it here's the player's handbook <laughs> have a look through here and whatever we now I get cast. how horribly broken that is the wizard will have an answer to every problem but you've still got spell slots you've so here's my argument you've still got the restriction of you can only cast one ninth level spell per long rest yes but, but you have all ninth levels. But spells. you can pick all of them. I mean, yeah, and then it just becomes like a battle of attrition. Like the DM has got to wear the wizard down if he wants to really challenge him. I think that's that's a cool one. That's really cool. My last point on that is the thing that I always think is if I'm going to play a wizard, let's face it, at some point he's going to look at how to extend his life. Do we not just give him the ability to 
find the answer to that question whether it be a your level your level 20 you now know about this person you've heard about this person somewhere in the world who knows the secret to lichdom or you now know about this person who mm-hmm. knows how to cast the clone spell properly and it will work well, like, like cool, things like that a cool suggestion i saw online was it's someone just said you get to 20th level uh through research and study or whatever way you want to justify it you can just ask one question to the dm and just know anything. Any one thing you want to know, you Ooh. can know. Like, so you could ask, how do I live forever? And the DM will have to tell you how I that's th- how yeah, that's possible. correct answer. That's quite... That's, that's a cool one. I like that, it, but it's wi- out of character as well, though, so it's a bit different. It is, but if you... You could think about what the character... Because I love the the kind of the law of the wizard is the one who knows everything right they they're the the, the bookworm the researcher mm-hmm. so the, the fact they get to 20th level they have this epiphany they they figure something out the light bulb turns on yeah and maybe like they ask a question and the dm doesn't give it immediately but he gives them a very clear avenue to, to find, to find out how yeah because i've i've always had a gripe with the thing that it's like oh you want to become a lich better go talk to orcus and it's like Everyone, how many, how many times is he going to tell someone how to be like this? His phone list must be massive. Exactly. Them just They're just like, oh, because it's my turn now. I want to live forever. So Become that's a vampire. Do something else. Be different. That's a cool one. And I like that. I was thinking now. Bard gets oh, like one inspiration. Yeah, the Bard one is terrible. At the start of a, a combat. Yeah. The Bard that one isn't is, great. That is. I mean, you look at that compared to like a druid who gets unlimited wild shape. It's it's ridiculous this, the disparity in power there. Mm. I'm thinking we give the bard. I'd say we either we give the bard. He can't go below one inspiration, so you can always use your inspiration once a turn, mm-hmm. right? And we up it. So I think it's a d12 at this point, right? Maybe yep. maybe we make it three d six or something really Just good. Just a d twenty. So you know your inspiration is pretty much always going to work, right? Yeah. And tip that person over the edge to whatever they want to do, or we give them a new ability where they can inspire their whole party at once. Mm. Give everyone inspiration. At I once. like that more because I feel like the um, the the bad thing is that you. Ha- you are the support character you have to be the person that's cheering everyone on and it's it's that thing of 20th level where you're a bard let's say you're a bard that plays the flute i don't know are you saying that only one person is going to be able to hear you play the flute in a in a combat scenario that's not really it doesn't work for me if you're play, if you're sitting there and you're banging a drum or you're playing the bagpipes people love to pick bagpipes as a bard don't they then um th- everyone can hear you you mm-hmm. should be able to inspire everybody mm-hmm. yeah I, I, also shout out to the bards that don't use musical instruments because that's more fun <laughs> The, the poets and the, the po- yeah they're, they're cool <laughs> the rappers <laughs> <laughs> the MCs Quick, give, me, give me a beat <laughs> <laughs> never said that again no sorry 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 we apologise uh, moving on um, so, so yeah, I, I think inspiration to all yeah that's a cool one um, so there's so much we could go over here uh, we're running short on time now but we'll have to come back to this one as well because we've got through like three <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we were not going to dribble on so much but so that's something to think about and like I said you know you, you can uh, write in let yeah. us know your ideas and maybe we got this all wrong and you know, maybe you're sitting there and going oh, you're idiots that would just completely destroy the point of the game maybe there are people out there who play 20th level all the time and they want like a really balanced experience or people um, 
in the DMG, there's the optional rules of like giving boons after 20th level. Yeah, like when you go beyond 20th. When you begin, you, when you get certain XP milestones or whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, either, would that be? Um, I I have a I have a Spanish friend that works. Mm-hmm. Beyond 20th level, how about you just multi-class? But you, but you keep growing over twenty. That is cool. I like that idea as well. That like, would just that would just break the game. But you I mean you'd have eventually to, you're like level one hundred and sixty. You and have you're, all you're every single class. You are a god. <laughs> but you have to uh, you have to work out the XP thresholds as well. Like that would just take so much math. And I'm I not. Mean, at that point, you'd be having to fight like eighty dragons to level <laughs> or, or something. There you go. That's how you break the game. That's how you break the game. Well. Let us know, you know, your thoughts on on such topics and and what you would do mm. uh, to to you know make the game a little bit more interesting at, the, at them higher levels. I don't really have much experience at that high level, so I don't know. No, we haven't got there. How, how the game goes? We maybe, will do. Maybe it's great. You know, we're trying to get there properly it and just, play through yeah, it. So it, it I mean, it, it just sickens me. I mean, I would be so upset if I was a bard and I got to twentieth level and it's like, okay, will you roll? You've got one initiative. Um, the druid has unlimited HP now. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, maybe uh, I, maybe I should have gone druid yeah. at this point. Okay, so that's that. Uh, should we wrap up? Yeah, we'll leave it there. All right. So um, again, one last time, we're on Twitter at We Speak Common. We've got an email address. It's We Speak Common at Hotmail dot com. We are open for business. Tell us. Uh, talk to us about what we've talked about. Give us any questions you've got. Give us any topics you want to talk about. And any. Um, anything that we can improve on as well on that note before you jump in I know you're about to uh, we are available on other podcasting hosts as we said at the start of the episode if your podcasting host of choice allows you to leave a rating or a review I was just about to say that yeah oh my god please please so it helps us so much let's take Apple as the example because it's I think probably arguably the biggest yeah if you leave us a rating and review it takes a while to show up but the more ratings and reviews to get the more likely we will appear in people's suggested and it just helps us grow the community be honest tell us how annoying our voices are (laughs) don't tell me because I talk on the radio for a living and that would destroy me (laughs) that would upset me so much okay Okay. (laughs) Let's, let's leave it there goodbye see you later Thanks for listening to us today. If you like the podcast, then do us a favour. Give us a review or a like on iTunes and Anchor. And share us with your friends. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at WeSpeakCommon. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive. 